Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and I feel like I ran out of quippy intro lines a long time ago. So if anybody out there wants to start writing some for me, feel free to shoot them my way, and I'll use them in my next podcast. Today I'm interviewing Adam Rosenberg, who is a filmmaker, director, editor, and animator living in Colorado. He's directed and animated on music videos, commercials, and short films. In fact, his work has screened at nearly 100 animation festivals worldwide. You might have seen some of his work before, such as Baloney, where he laser cut frames into actual Baloney and then stitched them together through the magic of pixelation, or his current project, which he's sharing on social media right now, and which also just might be, maybe in my opinion, but maybe actual fact, the most ambitious pixelation project in the whole world right now, and which we're going to talk extensively about in our chat called Alphabetical Athleticals. Now, before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Hue, makers of colorful, affordable USB cameras and animation software for creative teaching, work, and play. Available from HueHD.com and Amazon, the new HueHD Pro cameras feature 1080p image and video resolution, a built-in microphone, and LED lights. Their funky, flexible plug-and-play cameras are easy to use, and they are compatible with any apps that recognize USB cameras, including Discord, DragonFrame, OBS, Twitch, Google Meet, Zoom, and many more. Visit HueHD.com for more information and follow at HueCameras on Instagram or Twitter for news, freebies, and giveaways. And I've included all those links in the description of this chat, so please check that out. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Adam. What's going on? How are you? Hey, Jerry. Uh, not much is going on. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I noticed your hair is a little longer. And uh, I, after viewing your work, it seems like every time your hair gets long, you do something interesting with it. <laughs> Like yeah. go out in public and ask people to cut off random pieces of your hair to give you a haircut or do something stop motion. Do you have something planned? <laughs> um, no, this time I don't. Um, oh. But, you know, there's time. It's it's still it's not long yet. It's it's in the in between stage. So, I mean, um, well, I mean, for me, that's really long hair. But OK. All right. OK, we'll look out for. <laughs> yeah, it's not as long as it has been. Um, so uh, yeah, and I never made a, it was never like really preconceived any of the, I guess it was only really like two big projects. The first time I, I let a bunch of random people cut it in a public mall, however they wanted, just presented a bunch of tools and let them snip or buzz or whatever. Um, and then the second time was more, that was definitely like a quarantine type project. Um, just seeing how many silly haircuts could get like from long to bald, essentially. Yeah. Um, just so, cause they're fun to wear, but you don't want to wear them that long. Um, so wear each one for a few days and then just like trim it all the way down. Got like, Oh, you, you did a few days with each one. I thought you just like did it all in one set. So you could do that whole, like, you know, your face going from here to here, stop motion or pixelation style. No, I, I, I wore them around a little I'm bit. Impressed. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't much around to, uh, to wear them, but um, yeah. yeah. And then it's just like, I don't know, it just takes time and, and wears me out. And my, my wife was cutting my hair and then like, you know, get razor burn and stuff and <laughs> just need a, need a couple of days to breathe, let your skin breathe in between. And yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's chat about what you do. Uh, can you just tell me what you do? Because I feel like you, uh, are this like mixed media experimentally like professional artist? I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, I go with filmmaker. Okay. Um, if there's a term, just the kind of umbrella term that works for everything. But I, or I just say like, I like to make stuff and generally video and film related, but yeah, it's mostly, or director is a good one, um, kind of, you know, broadly, but I liked, it's a lot of, you know, live action film, um, you know, digital animation, motion graphics, and then lately a lot of stop motion animation, pixelation, but then I also do like production design. Um, so do you work full time at a studio? Um here <laughs> uh, your own studio then yeah yeah I, i'm freelance from from home okay so how did you how did you get into that in the first place like did you study film and then say 
Prince, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> yeah, I start. So yeah, I did go to school for it. Um, I studied video and animation. Um, it was the program is called kinetic imaging, which makes sense if you think about it because it's all just like moving imagery. But like, sounds like a terrible name. <laughs> yeah, it takes explaining. So I say video and animation, and then there's video animation and sound was kind of the program. Um, so was in Virginia at Virginia Commonwealth University. I, I love the program. It's it super fun. And a lot the it was kind of just like showing you tools and artists and all right, all right go make stuff. It was like very like individual and art based. Um, they let you take it kind of, you know, just play to your strengths and explore and grow. Um, so, yeah, studied that in school, graduated and then was like, you know, had the classic post-graduation existential crisis like what what the hell am I doing what am I I don't know what I want to do really I think I like editing um but I don't know how to get a job and just kind of started cold calling I mean super cold calling places and uh lucked out big time I, I emailed some production company asking like hey if you need help like I can help with stuff and they that company was like extinct but they they reached out like hey i no longer work there they're company out of business but now i work here at this like much cooler awesome advertising agency right in my hometown you know like we'd love to talk to you about a position and yeah went and i and i got got the job there so started as an assistant video editor at a advertising agency okay question for you uh that's amazing (laughs) but also how much did your schooling, like, if you were looking back, do you think you needed schooling to end up at that agency? Or could you just have like, you know, done some experimental film on your own and called them up and been like, hey, you know, I'm a really keen person when it comes to this stuff. Can I, can I have a position? Like, do you think they specifically took you because you had a degree and your degree taught you and gave you the skills you needed? Or do you think you could have skipped that and just jumped in with cold calling? Yeah, it, it could have gone either way, but I think jobs jobs do like a degree to some extent, and it made me feel like, okay, I, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing, but I have a degree, and that, like, I feel like that gives me permission to, like, put myself out there. You definitely, like, don't need it, like, 100%. I know, you know, the no film school kind of uh philosophy is is great and you can learn so much and makes it things if you have drive um and the willpower to to do it i'm not sure i had that at the time hmm. so i i really enjoyed school and i love just have being in an environment where it's just like you're just making stuff and everyone around you is making stuff and you get you know hands-on learning and you get to like critique stuff like critiquing things in a group was really helpful you know both giving and receiving so I, I really appreciated the school and the degree. Nice. Is it necessary? No. Okay. I'm just, yeah. I was just curious. Okay. So you're working professionally now as an editor. Uh, at what point did you decide that you could do things on your own? So uh, yeah, I got that first job at an advertising agency. It was great. It was like, got professional experience as a great company, really enjoyed it. After like, two years ish i was like wow this is great like i could kind of do this for the rest of my life and be kind of set i was like i don't want to do this rest of my life like i'm young i want to like do stuff i want to see the world i've lived in virginia my whole life so that was kind of the big thing like i wanted to just like live a little um and i wanted to i wanted to move i wanted to be somewhere not virginia and therefore leave my job uh, remote work wasn't a possibility. And I don't know, I, I wouldn't really want that. Like I wanted just to like shake things up. I was really comfortable and I wanted to be uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah, totally. Which is a fortunate position to be in. Um, but uh, so I wanted to move somewhere and for a number of reasons, Colorado was the place. And so I decided, yeah, I want to move. I'm going to leave my job. I want to see and, the world, Col- yeah. Colorado. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, Colorado is pretty, pretty world, pretty good. Um, and then, but by that, by that point I had like professional experience and I had, 
you know, run into other freelancers that come and like contract through the agency. I'm like, oh, okay, people are doing this and they're working, you know, at, you know, doing gigs at the job I'm working at. Um, so kind of just felt more confident with, with myself and saw that freelance was like feasible hmm. as far as like how to start. I don't know. Wasn't as sure, but I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. going to move and then like start working for myself. And uh, <laughs> it was definitely slow to start. Um, and, and I, I kind of anticipated that I, I had like a part-time job um, at a craft store. Oh, that's like the perfect mm-hmm. place to be for getting creative materials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like was, spending your whole income. You're, you're, you're like making your wage and then just spending it all on their, their craft supplies. That would be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a perk for sure. But, so how did uh, you get I, your first, how did you get your first client like on your own? Like, yeah, first was a, a referral from a friend, um, who, who went to the same school I did. Um, she was busy and like, didn't have time to just edit and said, Hey, I'm busy, but Adam is great. I highly recommend him. And they're like, okay. Um, and I did this edit with them and then they kind of kept coming back. Um, eventually she, uh, my friend took a full-time job somewhere else and so had no freelance ability. Uh, capabilities or availability. Um, so I kind of, you know, took over as their contractor. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, that was, that was huge. I, I still do work with them regularly for that company. Oh, wow. Um, yes. Seven, eight years later. That's incredible. That's such a great tie to have. How do you, so, okay. So you worked on so many cool and interesting things over the years. Um, do you, what is your strategy for getting consistent work other than this one company that has stayed with you this whole time? Um, yeah, just kind of, I guess, networking. I mean, there was, you know, random Craigslist gigs searching around, um, and, you know, the cold calls to kind of build up a client base, but by now, you know, the reliable, the good work is, is really who, you know, who I know, um, you know, even if it's just like shaking someone's hand at a, at a little networking meeting or like a a local film festival, just like a brief interaction, like, Oh, I remember that person. They were like, they're a real person. They were nice. But I also see their website. They do good works. My, another person said they do good work. So I'm going to reach out to them. Okay. So you're, are you actively going to networking events with the purpose of networking, I guess? Um, no, I say networking event. I mean, now, nowadays I, I'm at the point where I don't have to ask for work. It, uh, comes to me, which is awesome. How long did that Um, take? Like how many years? Maybe five or six. I mean, it's pretty recent. I mean, and even during like, during the pandemic, I had a pretty big lull, um, as a lot of people did, I think, yeah. but it's, it's still not like infallible. There are still, uh, lulls occasionally, but yeah, earlier on, I guess, uh, but a big thing was just like working with people on set. Um, yeah. so, you know, most of my work, my paid work is post-production editing and motion graphics, but then I always wanted to, was always making my own like kind of short films on the side and then meeting people that way that were working with me and yeah, I wanted to I wanted to ask you about project. that because yeah uh, oh sorry because <laughs> your your films have played at dozens and dozens of festivals like how how big of an impact has that had on you getting work um I don't think not as much as you would think um for a while I was just like I want those laurels, baby. I'm just like submitting to festivals. Um, you know, a lot of them kind of far away and I'm not able to go to them. Um, and just crossing my fingers and waiting for an email or something and say, Hey, you won something. Congrats. Um, but most of the time, yeah, I was just kind of getting, getting the laurels. And then the ones, the festivals around here, most of them are either like kind of really high level upper tier and like, low level um and so i i haven't made a ton of connections through film festivals that have led to like paid work i mean there have been some but that's was 
yeah, the festivals were not, were not like really contributing much to, to work. I would say, I think it's more just like mutual connections of people that I've worked with. Yeah. I guess with onset, like that onset interaction. Yeah. That makes sense. Led to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Cause they, they like get uh, super exposure to who you are and what kind of work you do. And then you're like top of mind for a project, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess like a lot of that onset exposure was stuff I was directing. So it was like my, my you know, my, my project. And um, so, and then they see the final project, like, Oh, wow. That, that short, you know, that I helped with is like, I really like it. Um, and he's a nice guy. <laughs> and he's a nice guy. Yeah. How do so. you, okay. So how do you get to, produce all of these shorts like you know where i'm i'm super curious because the level of professionalism in them is uh like extremely quality so i'm assuming there's some budget behind these because obviously you already said you're hiring people to work on these uh for so i'm assuming you have like two types of directing one is like your commercial project work that you direct that brands hire you to to do and the other one is like you're for fun i guess yeah, totally, totally. And and for me, it's 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 balancing the two in life is is important because uh, the stuff that that pays the bills is not as exciting as the stuff that I you know want to make myself. Gotcha. Um, so how do you so you pick up brand directing gigs through your network still? When somebody gets funding for a commercial project and they need a director, they contact you. Yes. Some, sometimes I, I haven't done a lot of paid directing gigs. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Most of my paid stuff is a lot of post-production, um, a couple paid directing gigs, but no. So let's talk about your uh, directing gigs when you're making your own short films or like, you know, you're making alphabetical athletic ath- <laughs> athleticals, alphabetical <laughs> athleticals. Did I say that right? <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a tongue twister. So tell me tell me the story of how this project came to be, for instance, because this project is huge. You know, there's tons of different people involved and like, you know, the art style. There's so many different like pieces to put together and it's it's a large project. So did you pitch it somewhere and get funding? Is this like a grant? Is this your personal savings? I'm just super curious. And like also what what is what is it that you're trying to accomplish with this project? Yeah, with so with kind of all my personal work, they're like, it's all out of pocket. Um, so why are you doing this in the first place? Like, what is compelling you to say, like, all right, I got some free time. I'm going to put all my resources and effort into this film idea I believe in. Yeah, because I because uh, I, I have to make stuff. I don't know. I, I as a I guess as an artist, uh, you know why does an artist oh god that sounds so no it sounds great (laughs) yeah i as you know why does an artist make things and i'm not sure a lot of people can answer that and yeah i'm just compelled to to make things and i'm really i've found you know i've really grown the most in making video type of things and i always want to keep making things and keep improving and learning and making new and better things and so i've done a lot of live action in the past um which has been great. And then actually an impetus, I always like, I really enjoyed animation, did a lot of motion graphics, um, did a little bit of stop motion, like in college, but it was a lot of live action for a while. And then the DP I worked with um, moved to LA to work there. And like he, I, he and I worked together on, on all my shorts and had a really good thing. And then so that was, that was, I mean, this, there was this idea of always wanting to like get into stop motion again. Um, but then when he left, I was like, okay, this is like, you know, it sucks. Like I love working with this guy, but this is kind of an opportunity I was trying to see it as an opportunity to like do something new. It's like, okay, now, now's the time to like really dive into stop motion. And so like, I wanted to come up with an idea for a short film. Um, and then I don't know, was it kind of experimenting with pixelation as, cause I don't consider myself a great stop motion animator, uh, motion graphics and kind of tweaking keyframes and stuff I can do. Um, 
but I kind of had a, a thought that like, well, rather than working with like an armature, like everybody has an armature built into their own body. Yeah. Why, you know, I should try to take advantage of that. And then it's live action, you know, it's kind of, you know, a, a realm that I'm familiar with and comfortable with. Um, and was really experimenting with that and did some experiments that kind of showed promise. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. I think I can do more with this. And then was just trying to come up with a concept for like a short film. And the alphabet is kind of like a framework. What was exciting. And then, you know, applying a theme to that was like sports because there's lots of movement and all these, you know, it's, it's pretty broad. Um, and so kind of a sports themed pixelation uh, alphabet short film. Wow. So yeah. I, I think this is amazing. And also there's something that I'm super curious about from in, in your mind, because like for me to because I love stop motion and my immediate uh, comfort level is to do everything myself. Like yeah. I want to build a puppet that I have in my mind and I want to animate it, how I'm animating. But like you, like I've seen some of the behind the scenes of your stuff. And obviously there's like different people involved, but how big is the team of people that you're working with to make this happen? It's, it's pretty small, actually. I mean, the kind of the consistent players are me and the director of photography everyone else is kind of, you know, comes and goes because again, there's, there's no budget for this thing. Right. Um, I've so are the of, actors, you're like friends or are you hiring actors and actresses? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm hiring there. There is, you know, a lot of uh, actors in, in Colorado that, you know, there, there's commercial work, but the people, there's not like a lot of fun stuff, not a lot of narrative, not a lot of experimental, not a lot of like really fun stuff. Um, and the stuff that there is, is generally not paying. Um, you know, again, all the shorts I ever produced is like no budget or like super low budget. And that's just kind of how people make cool stuff, I guess, around here or how I, that's the only way I've ever been able to figure out how to do it. So actors want to do cool things and, you know, other crew and people want it. They want to hear about this cool project. They see that, like, I have a track record of making interesting stuff. And so, you know, they're, they're willing to do, you know, small things for free. The, the shoots are generally short. Yeah. Um, like one repetitive action or something like that. But I've, you know, you've got a behind the scenes, I think it's on your website or Instagram or something where you have like the screen overlay of how you want the person to be animated. And then like somebody holding that person up yeah. so they can be in this weird position while you take a still. Like it doesn't like maybe it's not like a 10 minute thing. It's actually like an afternoon thing for each person. Like it seems like a lot of time and a lot of coordination and a lot of people involved. Like, I don't know, from my perspective, it looks like a giant production. And I was like, Oh dang, this is like, this has got money behind it. This is like, <laughs> this is what it feels like to me, but you're just telling me you're like, Oh, you know, uh, everything's for free. <laughs> just yeah, doing I mean, this much of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish, and I'm still trying to figure out a way to like get some money behind it because yes, it is, you know, I guess the, what is it? The production triangle of like, you can either do it cheap, well, or quick, and you can only pick yeah. two. So this is a, it's extremely slow is what I'm trying to say. It looks good and it's damn cheap, but it's so slow. Um, just because it is free time. I don't have, you know, I have small chunks of free time where I can do things. Everyone else is the same. Um, you know, I can't pay people to like commit to be at things. So if something comes, a pay gig comes up, you know, it's like, oh, sorry, I can't make it. It's like, all right, well, I guess we'll push. We'll try down the road. And then, oh, this, this person isn't free. And then I'm working on a gig. Um, so, you know, of the 26 scenes for every letter of the alphabet, we've done 16 so far, just wow. like in the can. Like a lot of those are still in post-production. And it's been two and a half years. Wow. I think. And yeah, so probably another two and a half or three. Um, yeah, I'm having a, my wife and I are having a baby at the end of the year. So that's a big project that's going to take up a lot of time. You can animate that happening too. Like, why not? Pixelate, oh, yeah. pixelate the baby. Baby yeah, can I, be I, Zed. <laughs> yeah, I, I plan on... Um, you're like, like, I plan on taking full uh, advantage of this new person in my life by 
incorporating them into my pixelation films. Um, that is a crazy, incredible long-term goal. How does it feel to work like work full time and then all your spare time for like five or more years yeah. is taken up by this project that you envisioned years ago? Like, how does that feel? And how do you, how do you, I mean, I know what it's like once you're in the middle of things, you just keep going and going until it's done. But like, how are you pressing on? <laughs> yeah. So at, at times it is depressing for sure. Um, but what's, what's nice about this project is there are 26 small chunks that are, you know, kind of unique unto themselves. Yeah. And so, you know, there are like pretty, pretty good milestones like okay we finished that scene it's done look there it is it's cool and you know sometimes i'll post it on instagram and and that like you know people can get excited about that i get get excited about that it's not like you know this one long film that like has doesn't see the light of day at all like pieces are you know totally done and that gives me some satisfaction and some drive to keep going um and this is you know, every scene has unique challenges and, you know, I have to make strange rigs and devices to, to hold people up and, you know, shooting, compositing weird things. And so I, and I love just like making things like that. And, you know, so I can split up my time between like post-production or pre-production and like, you know, making props or, or rigs and like, you know, shooting. So there's a lot of variety in the project, which keeps me going. Nice. Um, what is success for you with this project? What is it that you, uh, what result, or what is the feeling or result that you want to get out of creating and finishing this? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't given too much thought to it, but I, I think other than it just like being entertaining is I, I think like, the technique of pixelation is kind of unexplored in a lot of ways. I mean, there are people that have done it and it's been, you know, been done for a long time, um, but not a lot of people do it. And I think this is kind of pushing the boundaries of pixelation specifically. Um, and I'd love to like, I think there's a lot of potential to like teach with mm. it, use it as a teaching. Cause again, like everyone has a human body um, you don't need a puppet or, you know, it's you're like, you're ready to go. And I think there are opportunities to like, so I, th so I think like it'll, it, it pushes the realm, the boundaries of pixelation and then inspires people to do more pixelation. And then I could also, you know, teach people huh. how to do pixelation. I think like some workshops, there's potential there. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Have you done work workshops before on other skills that you've picked up? No. Okay. <laughs> That's cool that though, because like this is kind of your now I'm a master at this. Learn, learn from me because <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is doing such a large scale pixelation project right now. Usually people do very short things or like something for a commercial, not like a whole short film, really. I mean, I've seen a couple. Um yeah. are you gonna are you gonna go do the festival circuit with it when it's done? Oh, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. You're like more loyal laurels, please. <laughs> no, I, I want to push the hell out of it. And I want to, I love for this to, to lead to more pixelation work. Yeah. Um, that's ideally as a budget. Um, Cause that, that makes things run a little bit more smoothly and easily um, quickly. So are you hoping um, to go to brands and say like, here's what I can do for you in, in terms of like, I don't know, you go to Toyota and you're like, we can make a car commercial with this person dancing around the car like this or something. Or are yeah. you hoping to go to like grants and things to make more short films like this in the future? That, that too. Um, the grants I haven't thought about as much just because I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that world as well. But I know, yeah, I see the possibilities for commercial work for sure. Um, but I'd love to, to keep making personal shorts as well with, with grants. That'd be great. Um, I am, so I, I am already working on a pixelation paid, my first paid pixelation project. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yes. Kind of in pre-production now, but it's, it's for just a Kickstarter product. Um, 
someone someone local heard about me and was looking for stop motion animation and then you know saw the pixelation stuff like oh that's like that's even cooler like we want that and yeah it's super low budget but yeah it's a paid pixelation gig that's great so it's already kind of you know led to more work even though the, the film itself isn't done Nice. Um, I want to backtrack a bit because I wanted to ask you and I forgot to. Can you tell me, can you just like explain some of these crazy rigs you have people set up to to get them to stay in position? Because I just think it's hilarious. And I, I want to yeah. hear like the craziest thing you've made somebody do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if, if you want to see it, I think there's some on my Instagram that, that a visual explainer is super helpful. But to explain stuff verbally, um, for instance, we just shot or recently shot a scene called Human Hula Hooping. The sport is human hula hooping and it's a guy hula hooping a hoop made out of people and it's three people kind of arching their backs and you know hands holding feet in a circle and so you know we shot that we shot them separately uh, nothing and then the hula hooping spinning on the ground and to kind of get the oscillation of the hoop yeah had to build like a circle of wood that was at an angle and so they would kind of lie down on it and we'd spin, you know, take a photo and spin it. I think like there's like a 16 frame loop. Um, Goodness. So they're lying down and arching their back. And then we've tried things with like pulleys and harnesses to, to literally puppet people, you know, like a marionette for, uh, you know, kind of gravity defying scenes. A lot of apple boxes propped under feet and things like that. Um, are just boards behind someone to slowly lower them to the ground. Um, where are you getting all this equipment from? Like, where's your Sorry, I'm building it. You're building it, and where's the yeah. where's the studio? Is it still your house? Like the green screen? Oh yes. Yeah. So the photo studio belongs to the director of photography. Mm. It is his studio, and um, yeah, he's letting you know he's he's letting the letting it the project be at the at the studio for free, which is a huge resource. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I've worked with him a bunch. He's a cool guy. He likes the project. He's, he's really into photography as well as video. And so like stop motion is like, yeah, he's, he's all in. Um, right. Yeah. Having how, a studio space is, is huge. Like that is, that is really valuable to this. Um, how are you building pulleys to like support a human? <laughs> yeah. I'm so afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah. So we actually, that was an experimental method that we actually mixed um we, we tested it out and there's some potential there there's like there's like a big metal i-beam running across the studio okay and so just like attaching a pulley to that with a rope with someone with a harness um you're like please sign this waiver first yeah it didn't <laughs> quite work but i was able to animate um myself doing a flip with kind of two ropes to a harness like a harness around the hips um and then two ropes coming from, from my hips to the to that i-beam and kind of spinning with between those two ropes. Wow. Um, Cause there is a scene that involves front flips and I wanted to see if it's like even possible to kind of. So you, when you're like, you're like drafting these ideas, you're just like, I want to do whatever I think is cool and then figure it out later, basically. To an extent there, some of them are like, oh, that's so awesome. But I have no idea like how we're going to do it. And some of them like, I'll like, okay, I'm going to just leave that. I'm going to shoot some stuff, maybe figure it out. And there have been things where like, I didn't know initially how I was going to shoot it. And then along the way, I kind of gain an understanding, learn a new technique. I'm like, oh, I think we, I think I see it now. I see the possible, the, you know, it's, it's feasible. Wow. And like, so this project has been like an amazing tool to like learn pixelation because the first scene really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and it kind of didn't work and I had to do a bunch of like rotoscoping to save it. Um, and then gradually, you know, I, I, we learn more and more techniques and figure things out and see more possibilities. So it's been a great learning tool. Wow. That sounds really cool, actually. And it definitely sounds like you're going to have a great workshop at the, at the end of this. Be like, here's how you flip a human being in slow time. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. So you, so you're working mostly as an editor. Are you trying to uh, slowly move over to this director um, kind of animator role full time? Um, 
I, I think, you know, if it would have to be after the completion of this, of alphabetical athleticals of the yeah. film. Um, I mean, there is, you know, just showing like scenes and, you know, I, like I said, I have this pixelation project, a, a commercial pixelation project right now. Um, I would, I would love to kind of transition to that, doing that full time um, for, for, for money. Um, but I don't know if, if, if that's like a really hard goal at this. I still, I still enjoyed like editing and the motion graphics and, and things like that. So then what would you, what, like thinking about, you know, you're having a kid, you're going to finish up this project, like thinking yeah. about like, what is the ultimate thing you're working towards with this creative kind of independent career that would be amazing? Like, imagine you're getting paid to do whatever, like, what is that? What is that thing? Yeah. And I, I never, I never think that far down the road. Um, I, I guess like the long-term is like always growing, learning, trying new things, improving. Um, you know, that's, that's their trajectory specifically what that looks like. You know, generally I, you know, I talked about like a balance of like paid commercial work and like my personal fun work. I'd love like the personal fun work to like take be doing more of that and less of kind of the, the boring stuff or have them kind of merge, I guess, is, yeah, is yeah. more of the idea. Like the, the funds, cool stuff is actually making, you know, being paid for. Um, so I guess that's, that's a good, a good goal. And with, and that does look like pixelation these days. I, I, you know, I've done a lot of like, you know, directing live action and things like that and a little bit of production design and things, but doesn't, it doesn't seem, I don't, I don't see that really right. becoming my thing. And so, yeah, this, this project and like pixelation was like, okay, wow, this is, this is unique. This is special. This could, I want this to be my thing. And so totally. I'm going to push really hard for this and I want this to like, yeah, kind of be my thing. I love that. Are, are there other people exploring pixelation, pixelation to the extent that you are, that you've come across right now? Um, I can think of one. So are you, what I'm asking you is, are you the master for <laughs> forefront runner of pixelation in the world as we, as we speak? Wow, that's bold. Um, maybe the forefront of like experimental pixelation, because I've seen people doing pixelation and it's like really cool. And like they, they do fun tricks and it's really fluid. And again, like I, we're kind of like, the way we're pixelating is, is a lot of it is replicating reality. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm pushing for more like, you know, kind of fluidity and, you know, kind of bending and, and a little bit more cartoonish or, or, you know, animated look. Um, and we use a ton of guides. So it's, it's I, I kind of feel like I'm a very rigid animator. I've seen people that do, you know, they can kind of improvise. Like I'm env envious of, you know, people that can take a, a, a armature and kind of like look at a reference video and then, you know, animate that and just kind of go from their head. I, I use guides for everything. Yeah. So I think I have a lot of room to improve for like kind of, yeah, uh, animating without heavy use of guides. But don't use a guide for your next whatever letter you're on, T for whatever. <sighs> um, yeah. How expensive i know that you're doing this for cheap but compared to live action or 2d or stop motion how expensive is pixelation is it just because i'm wondering like why don't more studios and whatever and take advantage of pixelation if it ends up being like this very cheap quick medium or is it actually like way more expensive in in the long run yeah i i think i don't know it is, yes, I am doing it for cheap, but you know, time is money and it's taking a long time. Um, you know, I'm not, I haven't been keeping track of the hours I've put into this thing. Don't. <laughs> kind of off the charts. So, if, you know, if I was being paid an hourly wage for this, it would not be cheap. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so I, I don't know if it's, I don't think it, I don't think it's cheap. Um, okay. If you were to do it kind of like a full, uh, Maybe because you have to pay for all the different actors and their time versus like an armature you can build and just have one person involved. I don't know. Like it. it yeah. I don't know. 
might be I'm interesting. Not sure. I, I haven't really thought about how to what an actual budget would be and how to kind of do it efficiently. But my my thought is you don't see a lot of pixelation because it's time consuming and therefore expensive, but so is stop motion. But you know, you don't see a ton of stop motion commercially, but I mean, yeah. definitely more than pixelation at least. Totally, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but then pixelation is also very difficult. Um, so I don't what, know. Is the, what is the most difficult thing? Is it making sure the person moves right? Like, cause they can't see what they look like and you have to direct them and tell them like, move your neck more left and they move it like down. And then you're like, no left and their other left. <laughs> like, is it that kind of stuff? Sure, we've run into that uh, definitely, but it is, you know, comparing a human body to an armature or a puppet, like you put a puppet in a pose, you turn off the lights, you come back tomorrow morning, it's gonna be right where you left it. I mean, yeah. just ask anyone, if you just like hold out your arms for, you know, two minutes and keep them totally straight. It's really hard. Everything gets tired. Every time I think like, okay, this will be an easy one to shoot. People are always sweating. Like it's a, it's a physical challenge wow. uh, to like, to you control. You start a you know. gym. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's their workout and you make your short films. Yeah, and it's, it's very, it's very, um, it's very much like, you know, yoga or yeah. maybe Tai Chi. I don't know, but just like fine muscle and body awareness and control um with flexibility but also strength um they're all and just like yeah finally like you're in this difficult pose and you're like all right elbow up back up left and now left hip backward okay and lift your heel and then they're like Ugh, and then they just collapse you're like okay i'm i'm tired you're like okay damn we have to we have to move quicker or do yeah. something different. so it's it's physically very challenging wow that's so many things I didn't think about. Cause like, I don't know, I've watched a whole bunch of your stuff and I'm like, cool, this looks great. And the motion's so fluid and bouncy and, and exaggerated. And literally like the, the actor behind is like profusely sweating in each, <laughs> in each pose being like, is this good enough? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, they're, they're all physically difficult. The ones, even the ones I think are going to be easy. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is, these are all hard. <laughs> Have you ever just given up on something because it ended up, you know, the person was like, I can't do this extended for a period of time. Like it's just not physically possible or like I'm out <laughs> like, cause you're also dealing with people's like when I exercise, I just get angry. I don't like exercising and I'm like short with people. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> do you, cause yeah. you're dealing with like all that stuff too. Is it also, I don't even know what I'm asking. I'm just rambling now, but I'm just wondering if that's also a challenge. <laughs> yeah. So they're, They've all there. I can think of one sit one shoot that where we had that where it wasn't like I mean, the actor is like it's, it's a person I've worked with a bunch, they're great, they're totally professional. They're like, give they'll push, you know, as long as you push them. But I could see, like, damn, he is done. Like, if if we did another take, there's no way he could, uh, you know, do it as well as that one and get as close to kind of what we're going for. It's like going to his okay, physiotherapist you know afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hope not but that one was like damn okay we pushed as hard as we can that's good enough and i believe yeah. i can i can salvage this in post and yeah with a lot of rotoscoping and kind of you know with you can kind of puppet people you know if you if you have if you have a green screen and you cut them out you can if it's not their body parts aren't quite where you want them yeah. you can kind of push them and pull them when you're saying rotoscoping have you filmed the guide ahead of time or have you animated it yourself using like a body rig how you want it to be yeah so a lot of most of the time i try to use human reference um just like shooting a video hmm. um whenever possible but a lot sometimes um you know there were doing things that are physically you know can't be done and so I, there have been a couple of times where i've gotten like a, a frame by frame animator to draw out kind of a stick figure and animate that, um, you know, animate that and use that as our guide, which is awesome because uh, you can really control and you can get a lot more, you know, unless you, you, you have like a amazing control of your body to like move like a cartoon character and kind of like, you know, wiggle and bend a certain way it can be really hard to do just within a video, but you know, you can do way more if someone draws something out beforehand. And I'd love to be able to do that more 
and even for every scene, just have that be our guide. Yeah. Um, but that takes a lot of time and, um, yeah, I just haven't been able to really like find people that want to like do this thing, uh, for free. Cause it takes, and have the time to do it, I guess is more important because it's, it's time consuming. Totally. Um, how I'm curious, how long is the final film projected to be? I think seven or eight minutes was what I calculated at one point years ago. Wow. Um, yeah, I think seven or eight minutes. I mean, to do a seven or eight minute film in stop motion would probably take, I would think longer than, well, you said five years, I guess. I don't know, but that that's that's incredible. I think yeah. that's incredible. Like that's super ambitious. You're like, not only am I gonna pixelate somebody doing sports, I'm gonna do it 26 different ways. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely I, at the onset knew it was a, a big undertaking. Yeah and it it is i I still it still feel that way yeah (laughs) but now we're in and it's like okay it's like oh we're over halfway okay we're over like two-thirds kind of yeah that's really exciting you only have 10 10 letters left to film yeah (laughs) um so we chatted you know how you got into this what how you've made a career out of this and this super ambitious really cool pixelation film that you've become the guru of pixelation in um, is there anything else interesting that you think would be cool to share or like stories of how things happened or where things are headed or anything like that? Um, how about this? Um, what is, what has been the number one contributor to your success in just pursuing success as in like maintaining a career as an independent animator for the past eight years and not having to say like, now I need a nine to five. Yeah. Um, I think having, I'm, I think I can do it because I am kind of a jack of all trades. I can, so I have like a commercially viable skill, which is editing and motion graphics. I can do that well enough. People want it. People pay for it. You know, that's, that's good. Um, And then, you know, the, the creative stuff, the short films, the pixelation, the stop motion, you know, I haven't found a way to make money off of that, but I balance it with, with, you know, this, uh, work that people want, which is post-production editing, motion graphics. So for me, a balance between, uh, stuff that pays the bills and stuff that, um, you know, makes you, helps you grow as an artist. Um, so I think I would, I would, I would advocate for that for, for any young, you know, aspiring, yeah. uh, makers right. of any sort finding a balance between between work and play and just uh you know trying to play and really grow do you think it takes some courage to pursue this as well for sure um yeah courage i mean it's you know it's it's scary like making something working your ass off and then like showing it and you know are people gonna like it i don't know i've done stuff i've definitely had films or, or projects that i'm like guys what and they're all like okay yeah that was, that <laughs> or your friends still <laughs> yeah um I'm like oh okay not maybe not maybe not that way let's try something else and but then you know you can't you can't just try to satisfy other people um yeah like what's the so point having, of doing it if you're not satisfying yourself at the end of the day too yeah so there is a balance as well between you know satisfying yourself and satisfying others yeah I think that's, that goes for everyone. I, there might be some people who say like, I only create work for myself. Yeah. And I don't think there are a lot of people like that. I think, uh, you know, especially with, we you know, film related stuff, you know, they're, they're perfect for, for showing other people and like watching them sitting down and watching them, like watching something like at a film festival and, a, and an actual theater where like with an audience and you hear them laugh and like react is such a, like, uh, feels so good when you've worked so, worked so hard on something to watch it, like in a theater. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's really think, gratifying. Yeah. I think there's something just inherent about animation being a storytelling medium that it's almost like you're, you're forcing yourself to share. Cause like, you know, I know people who sketch in a doodle book or just write poetry and never share it and don't ever want to share and they do it for themselves. But like animation takes so much ridiculous effort and different skills that it's like, 
Oh yeah, I produced a 10 minute uh, pixelation film entirely involving actors and other people. I'm not gonna show it to anybody. It's gonna live in my home vault. Like I, I can't even imagine somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then also because it, it's such a, um, you know, a team, a yeah. team. Um, I'm sure everybody's, su- especially the actors, I'm yeah. sure they're super excited to see what they look like. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I'm, I dream of, of uh, you know, showing this in a, in a small theater with like just the cast and crew, which yeah. would be a significant size of That's going to be really fun. So I, I fantasize about that from, from time to time. <laughs> nice, yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share uh, as we're kind of wrapping up our chat? No, I don't, I don't think so. Well, I guess, um, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd love to put out the call for any uh, animators. Or you know, I was actually going to say, I'd love to animate one of these guides for you somewhere along the line, if that's, if that's what oh, you're about yeah. to ask. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no. Yeah. Let's do I, it. I would, I'd love to. I would love that. That would be so cool. Um, yeah, because that's, that's something that I, that I think will really like push this project to be even better and like, you know, I, I would love this to be more of a collaborative project. I do a lot of it, but I'd love to do it to be more collaborative. And I think it'd be, it's really cool to like have hand-drawn animator or, you know, digital animator or a stop motion animator, like animate a guide and then like trans have them and then they, you know, pass it on. And then I translate it to pixelation. They're like, look, you like, you made this person move. I just like, you did the work. Yeah. No, I just like shot so it. Cool. And that's like a cool, you know, filter to, <laughs> to put on your, your animation. So I'd, I'd love to get more, you know, collaborators, whether it's an animator, even like compositors. Um, yeah, just, just anyone who, who, who would like to be involved in the project, reach out or, or yeah, or just, you know, just follow um, on the socials and things yeah. like that. But yeah. Nice. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Adam. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear how you're making things happen. It's been super enlightening for me just to imagine all these processes you're going through. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks, Terry. And oh, yeah, I guess uh, the, the socials uh, Instagram handle is Mr. Adam Rosenberg. So mr.adam.rosenberg. Um, that's also my website. Um, if you want to follow me yeah. on either of those places. Of course, if you're listening, exactly what Adam just said. And you, you know, you want to get in. If you're listening, you should immediately just go to his Instagram and watch some of these uh, alphabetical athletic athleticals because it, the imagery just speaks for itself. And you'll probably just be like, I want to work on this now. So if you're listening and you want to help Adam out, get in touch with him by following him and, and reaching out to him on Instagram or his website. And they're both Mr. Adam Rosenberg. And I'll include those links in the description of this chat. And that's all for now. So thank you so much for listening. And that's all for now. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.